Mark Romero Music Podcast, where music, mindsets, and energy healing support you to revitalize your health, expand your awareness, and ultimately unlock your greatest potential of who and what you are. Enjoy the show. So hello, everybody. I am super excited today coming to you with another opportunity to connect with just some really cool people to get some different takes on insights, on wisdom, on how to navigate these uh, rapidly changing times. And so holding the space that today we're just going to get to elevate to a whole nother level. In fact, I know that we will. And today I get to have somebody who I've known for years, Terry Britt. It's interesting because my mother used to be a chaperone for Miss USA and Miss Universe. And Terry was Miss USA in 1982, right? Yep. And so that's how we met way back when. I was going to freak her out with a picture of us at dinner <laughs> with my big mustache, but I couldn't find it. I know it's somewhere, but uh, just hilarious. So for nearly 20 years, Terry has been a, a spiritual coach, an energetic healer, an author, a speaker. We've kept in touch over the years and just kind of seen how our paths of evolved and shaken. She's an award-winning author. I think the first book, if I remember correctly, is The Enlightened Mom, right? A Mother's Guide for Bringing Peace, Love, and Light to Your Family. How important. That's my second book. That's, That's my second book. My first book was Message Sent, which was more of a journal of an awakening. It's kind of like a chicken soup for the soul. And then The Enlightened Mom was the second one. And then I have an ebook called Women Leaders of Love, which is the third one. Right, which is kind of the area that you're kind of really stepping into and helping women to be more empowered, be in touch with their authentic selves, to shine their light, their love, to transform their homes, their communities, their work, uh, how they show up in life. I mean, I don't think anything could be more important in this day and age of consciousness, evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it. And I love that women leaders of love. And let's kind of dive in right there. What does that mean to you? Well, it was interesting because it was kind of a divine download. You know, I, as you said, I had done the enlightened mom and thank you for having me first off. I'm so excited to be here. And boy, I could, we've come a long way since 1982. And what's so ironic is that we're both working in the spiritual transformational world, which is just who would have ever thought that back in 1982, right? I mean, it's crazy. No, not even crazy. Close to 1982. I was ready to go get a corporate gig and start working my way up the ladder and stuff. So I know, and I was working in the television industry. It was so crazy. Well, after Miss USA. So anyway, women leaders of love. I was working with moms, and then I realized that it wasn't just moms who needed to take a stand for loving themselves unconditionally because. Women are the nurturers of the world. And unless it's someone like you, Mark, right, who is doing this transformational work, but 80, 85% are probably women, right, that we are the nurturers of the world. And what I recognized is that I was playing into that role and I was angry. I was angry all of the time because I was not loving myself. And so when I made a decision to love myself, I had this aha with my late husband. He we, it was early in our marriage or maybe a couple of years into our marriage. And I realized when I started loving myself that he started loving himself. Mm. You know, he said to me one day, he says, I feel better in my skin right now than I've ever felt. And I said, why? And he says, you forced me to it. And I said, how did I force you to it? He said, when you quit caretaking me to find yourself, he said, it forced me to find myself. Mm. And now I feel better in my skin than I've ever felt. And in that moment, there was this click 
that, oh, me loving myself is my greatest act of service. That's powerful when you think about it, right? Yes. Me loving myself and no longer, well, I can't say no longer because I still have moments, but back then the blame game was rampant in, in my life. I was always telling him, you're making me unhappy. You're the problem. You know, da, 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 da. And I still have moments, but it was constant back then. And of course it created havoc between us and our family and with our children. It just wasn't a peaceful, loving environment. And so when I started loving myself, because I said, I'm going to break this cycle, I'm not doing this anymore. This old family paradigm of, you know, mama denying herself and even dad denying himself, it, it sucks. I'm not doing this anymore. And, and so when I made that commitment to love myself unconditionally and then saw the shifts that happened in my family, that's when I became an enlightened mom. And then as it continued to grow and I heard Steve say, that I had changed his life when I quit caretaking him. And then he died. Okay. So he died after 17 years. Well, Charlie, my husband now of almost 13 years showed up on my doorstep the next day and said, let me support you through this. And he said to me a couple of years ago, he said, you know, I knew you loved me, but until you taught me to love myself, I couldn't receive your love. Right. And again, there was that, that knocking over the head, Terry, are you getting this? You loving yourself and encouraging the people around you to love themselves and to take responsibility for their own happiness and healing is being a woman leader of love. And it is your greatest act of service. And so that's what it is. No, I think that's awesome. And it's so funny you say that because in the years of creating what I call musical mantras, mm -hmm. one of the very first ones was a musical mantra for self-love. And over almost 20 years in doing sessions, everybody gets self-love. And interestingly enough, back to what I've worked primarily with women. You know, mm -hmm. it's like I couldn't get a session with a guy if I like paid to get one with a guy. Always with women. And it was always around the same thing, which I think we're kind of diving into here, is for so long, many women have put themselves on the back burner taking care of everybody else and all this sacrifice themselves, their dreams, their desires in order to take care of everybody else. And then they find themselves with this huge amount of discontent. And I really think with the consciousness shift that's taking place on the planet right now, it's like the universe is saying, okay, we need to restore harmony between yes. the masculine and the feminine. Yes. And it's about women stepping in that power, but it's also about men honoring the feminine spirit within themselves. Yes, yes, yes. So it's interesting and self-love being this quality of the heart, which is, I always say it's like a light in the dark room. It has the ability is. to shift the space, you know? It really is. And you know what I've recognized because where my work is, is transcended into now is that what I recognize is that when we women and then that, because the boys learn from their mamas and they grow up and do the same is that when we deny ourselves, what we're sending the message is, is that it's not okay to receive love. Right. Now, when we're looking at manifesting in our lives, right. When we're looking at creating a life, we love, we have to be open to receiving. Do you think? Yeah. But the problem is, is that we've learned that love is not receiving, mm. right? right? 
So we have to redefine love and say, no, love is when I love myself unconditionally. I let go of guilt. I let go of shame. I put myself into a high vibration so that I'm worthy. I feel worthy and now I'm open to receive the universe's unlimited abundance. And I become that example for the people around me to, to thrive and to be in prosperity consciousness rather than poverty consciousness. When we women are denying ourselves or, you know, for a lot of women, you know, we're, we've been hearing a long time, put your mask on, take care of yourself. And so they're starting to do that. But there's this sense of guilt. There's this sense of this lower energy of guilt that says, no, you really shouldn't be doing this. And so it kind of creates a battle within ourselves that says, oh, I need to love myself, but no, I can't. And then that energy gets spewed. So now we're setting the example of guilt. Okay, I'm going to love myself, but I'm going to be guilty for it. And this shuts down your worthiness again, because if you are coming from guilt and shame and those lower level energies, you're going to be shut down and you're not going to be open to receive. So loving ourselves and recognizing that this is our greatest act of service. This is our purpose, mm -hmm. right? We let go of the guilt and shame and now we can really create. So that's where my heart is gone. It's like women, let's raise our worthiness. Let's, let's really take a stand for unconditional love, moving into alignment with how we were created, which I, call putting it God first. Okay. So God is within each of us. And so when we love ourselves, we're moving into alignment with God and that is our greatest act of service. So there's nothing better than that. Absolutely not. And why do you think it's so hard for us to love ourselves? Why do you think it's so hard for, you know, obviously there's been this stifling of feminine energy throughout history right. over mm -hmm. time. You know, and now I see this huge correction taking place where, you know, once again, it's we, we got to bring back into harmony. When we're in harmony, right. we play beautiful music. But why do you think it's so hard for women to love themselves? What would you say is the number one obstacle to that? <laughs> well, as my husband said, he said, you know, you guys are the ones who took the apple in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> I'm feeling really good about reason. that, by the way. <laughs> He's joking, of course, but he's like, y'all are the problem for everything. Y'all are the ones who created this crap. And, um, but in reality, he's joking. But there's a lot to be said for that, because I think for women, we have been kind of made the bad guy. If you get into religion, if you get into looking back at any of that, and then we became a patriarchal society where the women's um, gifts of intuition and that inner knowingness and compassion and kindness, it was squashed. And the patriarchal society took over of being the warrior that the going after and being in that fighter mentality. Pushing so we, yeah, put, yeah, it's that, that force thing. And, and that's what you see going on in our world right now, right? There's so much of that warrior mentality. And the way I look at it is that, you know, in the sixties and seventies, when the women's movement came around, if you're like, I was, I was a little girl and my dad, was you know he was buying into it he was taking all these classes dale carnegie and and mm -hmm. earl nightingale and he'd say you could be anything you want to be so i attached myself to my dad's energy which is what the feminist movement was all about women were re becoming like men and really disconnecting from who we are becoming the you know those warriors and so we're now off balance and we wonder why is there so much anger in the world why is there so much you against me it's because we're in we're out of harmony, as you said, right? As we want to get into harmony. And, and I was that person. I mean, Mark, you know a little bit of my story, but 
I was angry. I was really angry because I had bought into that energy. And then I was projecting it onto my family of, oh, you've got to do this. You've got to be the best. You've got to be the biggest overachiever. And I was miserable. And that's when I decided to heal. I decided to heal my life because I didn't like being angry and I knew I needed to stop the cycle. And so for me, stopping the cycle was choosing to love myself, choosing to, to really give myself permission to stand in my truth, get into my subconscious mind and see what are the beliefs I bought into. And it, those beliefs go back in time. I do a lot of past life regression work and I have seen the, the messages that have come through over time of the woman being the lesser of the two. I had a past life where I was a, a, it looked like a pioneer woman and I would try to do creative stuff like sewing things and, and, and doing stuff inside the house. And then I'd want to go outside. And I saw that when I'd go outside, my husband would beat the crack out, crap out of me and he finally killed me. Mm. And so that was in my spiritual DNA. So when I cleared it out, I realized that was stifling my creativity that that lifetime had. So I think there's a couple of things. I think it's what we live with in our generations, you know, handed down through the generations of what you saw with your parents, what you see in society. I also feel that it's part of your spiritual DNA. What have you carried from other lifetimes that says no women need to be the lesser? And, you know, we, we keep questioning us. Why do we make less money? Why are we not created equally in our society? The reason we're not created equally is because we're still trying to buy into a man's way. Right. See, if we would start owning and uh, who we are as the divine feminine and say, OK, I've got to go within and be kind and gentle and nurturing to myself. I've got to love myself, tap into my intuition. That's the divine feminine. And then when I get a hit and guidance, then we step into the divine masculine and take those steps into alignment, into creating this is where we're off kilter right now because we've disconnected from the divine feminine. And I love what you're talking about because that is the harmony when we have the feminine and the masculine, but we women, we're going to have to be the ones who make that shift. I mean, we, we have to be the leaders because as long as we keep buying into the man's way, they're going to say, yeah, my way is the right way. Right. 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 And so if we say, no, wait, this way isn't the right way. And that's what I had to learn. Whoo, that was a big one for me because I was raised in a household where my dad was God. Even my high school boyfriend said to me one time, he said, your dad is God in your household. And one day he's going to fall off his pedestal. And he was right. He was absolutely right. But as women, when, if you've had a mother who, even, even women now that maybe their mothers were in the workplace. Cause I had, you know, I was from the sixties, you know, childhood in the sixties. So most of the women were still staying at home. Right. But even now women are trying to be superhuman, superhuman. They're trying to do, you know, the work in the workforce, be the nurturers. They're, they're doing all of this stuff. And we're really not taking that time to get connected, to, to go within and be kind and gentle. That's what we're craving right now. We're craving a kindness and a gentleness instead of that warrior mentality. So I feel like, you know, we all, no matter if, if you feel like, okay, well, I didn't really attach myself to my dad's energy. I'm just doing what I want to do. But if you watch this, if you were in this vibration being raised in anything where dad was made God or the male energy was made God, you may find yourself subconsciously. So not seeing yourself as equal. 
And I've had to find that in my household. I mean, there are times when even with Charlie now, and I've been doing this work for over 20 years that I'll find myself suppressing myself for him. And especially when I got with him because he had a lot of dysfunction And instead of saying, no, I am a wise woman, I would buy into his way and then I would get angry. And then finally I'd go, okay, what, 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 what? I need to wake back up because I know that what I know is true. Right. Right. And so it was, it was, it was a journey. It was a journey for me. And it's still a journey because I still have those moments because it's so programmed into my brain that the man is God. Right. I mean, even our image of God, if you were raised religiously, is a man. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So you say, why do we do this? It's because of all of that. Yep. And yep. it's up to us to be able to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to do the healing work to get rid of those beliefs that tell me this is the way it has to be. So what do you tell somebody who you've presented this concept of self-love to? Mm-hmm. I'm right with you on that. But for many people, it's like, well, what does that even look like? Oh, what yeah. things can I do in my day-to-day life in the 3D world, which we do spend time in, you know, mm-hmm. what can I do to start sprinkling random acts of self-love? Maybe perhaps you have some things that you share that really helped you to embody this because this is, this is so important for women. Yes. For men too. self-love. Oh my gosh. But how do you know, it's, it can be a kind of out there concept. How do you right. bring it down to earth and implement it on a day-to-day basis? Well, what happened for me, Mark, it was really cool because I'd gone through energy school and training and seeing that, you know, the, the law of vibration, whatever thoughts and feelings you emit, you're going to attract that to you and learning how to shift it. So after learning all of that, I did some intense training back in the mid nineties. One day I was meditating on unconditional love. I had just finished reading a book called Love Without Conditions by Paul Farini. Mm. So I'm meditating on this word, unconditional love, when all of a sudden, the little girl inside of me, five-year-old Terry, shows up. Mm. And I'm seeing her. I'm clo- My eyes are closed, but I'm seeing her in my mind's eye, and I'm sobbing. I'm absolutely sobbing, because I realize in that moment, I've never acknowledged her. I've never loved her. I've never treated her as if she matters. I mean, I, I mean, I just, everything came up and I'm just boohooing because I realized, oh my gosh, no wonder I'm suffering. No wonder I'm in pain. And then I heard in my ear, get up and write this. This is the beginning of your book. Wow. And I went to my computer and started writing. Hello. Or I said, today I said hello to a little girl. And that was the beginning of message sent, which was literally a journal And what I was shown is that every time I reacted to my outer world, because if you're reacting, chances are you're living by a belief that is not your truth. And half the time, we don't know what is our truth and what isn't. We just know how we feel, or sometimes we don't even know that. So you pay attention to your feelings, right? And if I reacted to things in my outer world, I knew that little Terry was hurting. So I would give thanks for my outer world, no matter how crappy it felt, I would give thanks for it. And especially my children and my, and my husband back then, I mean, they were my greatest gifts because that was my daily life. So I would give thanks, then go within and look at little Terry. 
I would say to her things like, I love you and I'm so sorry you're hurting. What is the belief you bought into that is causing your pain and suffering? And what I would do is I call it my retrieving the gift of love process. And so I would allow myself to, because a lot of times I couldn't get to the answer immediately, right? So I'd allow my feelings that were happening right now to take me back. And I would just allow those feelings just to go further and further back. And Okay, so my husband wasn't hearing me. Okay, I'm just giving you an example. My husband's not hearing me. And I would feel that and feel like I wasn't being heard. And I just, you know, go down deep and I might be crying and I might be angry that SOB, you know, but at the same time, I'm going, thank you, God. I know there's a gift here. You know, (laughs) I got to keep that gratitude up to keep the vibration up. I don't want to be a victim. And so I'd let myself take the feelings and go deeper and deeper and deeper to any memory that came up and just recognizing. And then I'd ask, take me back to the, the original point the original point that this all began. And I saw myself with my dad and he had the newspaper up mm-hmm. so that it was a barrier between the two of us. And I'm sitting there waiting for him to hear me in that moment. When I recognize that, and I could say to little Terry, what's the belief that you took on? And she said something I can't remember exactly, but it was like, um, It's not, I can't be heard until someone else tells me it's okay to be heard. That's huge, right? Yeah. So, and that's a false belief because if you were given a voice, if you were given a body, if you were given a soul to be here on on this planet, you have a right to be heard. You're here for a reason. And, And so when I understood that truth and I could say to her, you have a right to be heard. But what I understood in that moment too, is that I needed to hear her. Okay, so whatever I'm looking for the outer world to do for me, I have to do for myself. So what do you need from me? As I'd say to her, what do you need from me to feel loved and to feel heard? Excellent. Right. Yes. So I became the divine parent to my inner child with always the goal of giving myself permission to feel, letting those feelings take me back to the original belief that that was causing my pain and suffering. Cause I can tell you this, if a belief is causing your pain and suffering, it is not the truth. Right. Right. Yes. It's taking you out of alignment with God. And so when I recognized that there was a false belief, I would energetically just visualize it moving out, put it in a rose, send it out into the universe, blow it up with confetti. Like, Ooh, thank you for being here. You're <laughs> gone now. And, um, and then I would say, what is your truth? What do you need from me to feel loved? And what happened for me, and because I didn't really understand the concept of self-love, how it equates to worthiness, is that when I did that, I started recognizing that I was treating myself as if I was worthy of being seen, as if I was worthy of being heard, and if, if as, as if I was worthy of being valued, Okay. So in doing that, not only was I creating this divine connection within and becoming the divine parent to this inner child and finding that self-love, but through those actions of how I was treating myself, I now felt worthy. And so now I opened up to receive miracles. And I could tell you stories of miracles upon miracles that have happened in my life because I was open to receive them. So what people don't understand is that unconditional love equals inner abundance, which then equals outer abundance. Mm -hmm. 
And this is what we're missing. This is what we're missing in our family paradigms, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're not loving themselves unconditionally. And if you had a parent who had pain and they're projecting their pain onto you saying, you need to act this way, you need to do this because they think that's what's going to give you love and happiness and success. What, what they're really doing is sending a message to you is who you are is not enough. Right. Right. Well, and isn't that the hugest things that I think humanity as a whole is working to overcome and transcend and to transmute that old, you're not enough story. Exactly. It's interesting because as I mentioned to you earlier, over the years, I've worked primarily with women in very similarly doing the internal work, healing what needs to be healed, letting go of what needs to go of. But there always seems to be this, and not with everybody, but what happens if I step into all this and my family, my loved ones don't appreciate this new loving self person that's emerging? What do you tell someone that's, that has that fear? Because I've seen that fear come up multiple times. Sure. I'm just kind sure. of curious to see. Give thanks for the gift. Give thanks for the gift. Because if they are not embracing it. Now, first off, if you can be neutral and recognize that everybody's on their own journey and you can still stand in your truth and be loving and wonderful and not be triggered by it, then God bless you because there are going to be a lot of people who don't embrace it. And you can just look at them and say, okay, I'm sending you love. However, if you get triggered by it, that's when you do the same process I just mentioned a second ago and you say, okay, their judgment on me is really triggering me. I'm feeling like I want to shrink. I feel like I'm feeling like maybe I want to lash out. Okay. So that's your cue that there's a belief you're holding on to. They're being a gift. They're showing you that there's a subconscious belief that says who I am is not okay. I mean, I had this as a, I'm a clairvoyant. And I remember my sister saying to me, Oh, I just am afraid you're working with the devil. And literally, Mark, my whole body started convulsing. I was on the phone with her and I literally started convulsing like this. And I said, okay, I'll talk to you later. Love you. And I hung up the phone. I was like, oh, I mean, I'm like, I was shaking. And then I started crying. I'm like, God, what is this? And, and I just, I really paid attention to it. And as I started diving into it, I realized I had these religious beliefs from past lives that were telling me that I was a heretic. And then I, I, I saw things where I was burned at the stake. And so, of course, that stuff is going to get triggered, right? Right. So her judging me was actually this tremendous gift because I couldn't embrace fully who I am. I couldn't move into alignment if that subconscious belief was there and I didn't know it was there. Right. Right. So I just look at the family as, oh, you're a gift. Well, and I think it's really interesting what you just brought up with this dynamic that happened with your sister is that our unconscious beliefs will always make themselves known because they project in your relationship and your prosperity and your health, wherever there's a whole, you know, different areas that they can show up at. And typically I think, you know, how do we usually respond to those challenges and those obstacles that appear? We resist them. We curse them. We fight them. We make ourselves wrong for having, you know, all (laughs) all kinds of things. We beat ourselves up with our beat up stick and stuff. And, How do we like, it's like, there has to be a switch that gets flipped where we can really realize that like those comments, the example that you just shared with your sister 
really become these catalysts to lift our life to new heights. And that's what I, that's what I really learned to embrace is that those things are not happening to me. They're happening for me because I really truly believe as spirits that we're here to evolve and to move into alignment. And if that is our real mission to be that expression of love, because we're in alignment, we're an expression of love and peace and joy that if, if, if that's, who we are as souls to come here and do that. And yet we don't know all the programming we took on. How beautiful is it to see these things show up and to recognize I see you and I may want to knock you out right now because you're pissing me off so badly, but as a spirit, I see how beautiful you are and you are playing your part so perfectly and it's triggering me. And I thank you because now I know I'm out of alignment. And so do you have that down like a hundred percent of the time? I mean, it's like, I get what you're saying and I embody that, but man, it can be challenging to really remember those things as you're going through these experiences as like the event that shows up that you shared with, with your sister, you know, it's like, how do you, keep yourself in a place of remembrance. You know, Mark, for me, well, first off, my book, my first book message set is called Retrieving the Gift of Love. So it was pounded into me, okay? Because it was seeing everything as a gift. Um, When I started doing this and recognizing that everything was an opportunity to take me to loving myself deeper and then eventually understanding that this is how we raise our worthiness, when I started getting anchored in that, right. And seeing my outer world as a gift, I took little steps and what it used to be is that I'd have uh, something show up and then it might, you know, really drive me nuts for a couple of months and then go, Oh, embrace this, see it as a gift. Okay. It took a little while, but the more I kept doing it and the more I made that my focus and kept getting anchored in that, I can honestly say right now, If something gets triggered in me, sometimes I can just shift it right away and go, oh, this is what's happening and just shift the energy. There's a lot of neutrality in my life that I didn't used to have because I have done a lot of clearing. But if I have a moment where there is stuff coming up, like going through a big shift and I hear myself going into blame, that is my cue. If I go into anger, that is my cue. Oh, I need to see the gift. And it is so prevalent in our conversation in our home that my younger daughter, who's in her late 20s, she said to me one day, she called and she was venting about something. And I started something saying something, what's the gift? And she goes, mom, can we just not talk about the gift right now? Can I just vent? <laughs> because it is such a huge, because I look at, because as a spiritual coach, I look at everything from a spiritual perspective and, and everything from a spiritual agreement. And so we have contracts with the people with us. We have like today, I was even shifting some energy and I saw a contract come out of my crown and I was looking at it going, okay, when it's showing up, it's ready to be done. Sign my name, put the date on it, stamped it done and cleared out the energy. It's huge, right? To be able to do something like that. So it's, it's really about recognizing instead of being in the 3D mentality of, everybody's doing this to me and that victim mentality and instead stepping into a spiritual perspective and saying, we're all in this together. Yeah. We're doing this together. We all came here. Even my molester 
when I was 15 years old. I believe that he as a spirit was playing his part. Mm. He was showing me because quite honestly, I was raised to be a good girl and gave all my power to people that I thought was the authority. And I had the option of stepping away when he molested me, but because I was so programmed to believe that he knew better than I did, that I then let it happen. And it was so funny because I just heard an interview with Oprah and she said the same thing. And cause I was like, I've been saying this, I said this a couple of years ago. And she said the same thing that she was so raised to be a people pleaser that some of her abuse could have been avoided if she had not been raised that way. Right. Right. So when we look at that and, and so I say, okay, now I was abused and I can actually give thanks to my abuser for playing his part. Because this is the journey I chose to walk. This is the journey I came in as a spirit to experience. He played his part so that I could learn all about suppression and self-denial and feeling unworthy and feeling dirty and then heal it and then step into my life mission to help other people to really love themselves, right? So that for me has saved me. Excellent. It's so interesting you share that because I've had conversations in my session work. I said, you know, if you look at life from the 4 million mile high view before you came here and incarnated, Mm -hmm. you were there with your biggest adversaries, whether it be a parent, uh, a molester or somebody, and you're all like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the greatest experience ever. We're going to learn all this stuff. We're we're playing the (laughs) cosmic game of hide and seek, you know? come here, show up, forget your divinity, have all these experiences that embody that forgetfulness. And then at some point in your life, which obviously happened for you, a switch flips and you start, wait a second, there's something more here for me to learn about myself. So let me ask you this. How are you with your work today? How are you supporting women in reclaiming their divine goddesshood? How are you um, supporting women in this, I think, especially now with the last year with what's happened mm-hmm. with COVID, mm-hmm. we're being called to this high level of expansion and awakening. It's like humanity, enough time messing around. It's time to step into this. And I think a big part of this, not to put any pressure on the ladies, is about women reclaiming their power and yeah. the truth of who and what they are. And I call it you know, re- reclaiming your crown or, or, or claiming your crown. Cause you know, as a former Miss USA, what's so interesting is on the night that I won Miss USA, I almost gave the title back. If you can believe that, wow. because in my mind, I was hurting my boyfriend who was sitting in the audience. Cause I was about to be shipped to New York and he was going to be left in Arkansas. So I had no permission to receive. And then by the end of the year, I had given all my money. I won 150000 in cash and prizes. Half of it cash. I gave it to my dad to invest. He lost all of it. Mm. So I had to sell most of my, my goodies that I won to pay the gift tax. So vibrationally, even though I won Miss USA, I didn't claim my crown because I didn't feel worthy of receiving. And so I lived on a hamster wheel, right? And that's how I did it. So for me, where I have been guided because I do everything pretty much by guidance is I'll stay in meditation a lot. And then I'll get a hit. And this is the next thing that you're creating is my worthiness quotient program, which is claim your crown, lead a life you love. And um, it's, I want a crown. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we have to claim our divinity, right? We have to claim our worthiness and, and, you know, and 
I have this quiz. It's the worthiness quotient quiz. And it really makes you take a look at your life and, and say, okay, how am I feeling in this situation? Because your feelings are your guide, right? And if your feelings are, gosh, am I ever going to get it right? Or my relationship could be way better, but it's not, it's not, it's not feeling that way. It doesn't feel like it can break through the glass ceilings. Or if you're an overachiever, or if you're a people pleaser, all those things, then you haven't owned your worth. See, I hear over and over, Mark, that people say, oh, I, I, I'm worthy. I'm worthy. They're saying it, but they're not living it. Mm, right. And if you are not owning your worth, if you're not claiming your crown, life is going to feel hard. It's either going to feel like punishment or you're going to feel like you're flatlining, like, oh, when is it going to be different? When, you know, when is it going to be my turn? Or when is it going to get easier? When is there going to be more peace? When is there going to be more joy? You know what I'm talking about, right? So your worthiness is so key. I remember a couple of years ago when I had my radio show, I was interviewing Dr. Joe Batali of um, The Secret. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that he was, we were talking about money and abundance. And he was saying that when you have money issues, you have to look at money. You have to look at your worth. And you have to look at your beliefs around being bad. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's because I was teaching my worthiness quotient course live. Then I have a digital program now. And um, I was like, I cover all those things in my worthiness program because they are key to us thriving. And especially if you have beliefs that you say you're bad. Like I had a belief that I was too sensitive and I was moody. And years ago, I started having a shift in my mindset. I actually, this was before I even got on my healing journey. And I went to see this inner counselor. She says, come back in a few days. She has this beautiful painting. It's all this color. And I said, oh, that's so pretty. She goes, I said, what does it mean? She goes, you feel everything. And I went, well, do you know how many names I've been called for being that way? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. She said, that's society. Society says, don't feel. Society says, don't have these emotions and and experience everything. She said, society's wrong. This is why everybody's suffering, right? And she said, you are so blessed. And that mark was a switch. It was a switch of, you know, and it was just a seed that was planted, right? Because it took me a long time as I got on my spiritual journey, but it still sticks with me to this day that I'm not bad. I'm just who I am. My sensitivity to energy and my feelings and emotional and stuff are my greatest gifts because it gives me so much in- information and wisdom, right? right? So I'm so grateful for it now. So we have to look at those things. We as women, we have to one, commit to healing. We have to commit to saying, I'm raising my worthiness. I'm going to love myself so much that I am so open to receive that I'm treating myself as if I matter and I'm valuing myself. So that will be mirrored to you from the outer world. Right. So that is where I am right now, because in the bigger picture, we are off kilter. Our, our planet is off kilter. We're killing our earth. We're, we're, I mean, there's so much anger. There's so much war lightning. Do what? Division. So much division. Division. Oh, division. Yeah. Division. And I just actually wrote an article for a magazine about this on the steps to heal the division. And it's all about this, that we have to make a commitment to heal. We have to make a commitment to unconditional love. We have to make a commitment to stop the performance, to stop performing and trying to please everyone, trying to be the overachiever. We have to stop that. And then we have to nurture ourselves into 
alignment to that, you know, to being kind and gentle to ourselves. And then that is what will be mirrored back to us. So that's where I am right now. And I just feel that we women, it's like the Dalai Lama saying the, the Western woman would be the, the, the leaders that would change everything. I forget the whole the quote, but I really feel that way. I feel that we women are being called to take a stand and say, you know what? We're not doing the feminist movement anymore. We're going to honor and love the way we were created. We're going to take inspired action and we're going to create harmony, as you talk about so beautifully, between the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And that's when we have wholeness. That's when we have peace. That's when we have balance. And I saw this when I did this in my family years ago when they were all little. And I saw that when I made those shifts, my whole family shifted. So that's why I know that it is so important that we as women make this shift. Because as I told you in the very beginning, what my late husband said and what my husband now has said, you know, one that I changed his life because I quit caretaking him. And the other one said, I couldn't receive your love until you taught me to love myself. Yeah, That's our greatest gift. And that's what we women are being called to do. And, and you know, back to that analogy at the beginning of the conversation was, about self-love and self-love being the light in the dark room. Well, this world yeah. is dark right now. And the more of us that are true to this light within ourselves, that's what's going, where does the darkness go when you turn on the light switch at night? It, it raises to match the vibration of frequency of the light. And that's why it is so important, yes, for women, for everybody really, to embody yeah. this concept of self-love and to take that whole frequency, that energy within ourselves, or that way of being to a whole new level. So Terry, how do people find out about you? How can people engage in your work? Well, first off, take the quiz. It's so <laughs> much fun. It's just, it's terrybrit.com forward slash quiz. That's T-E-R-R-I. B-R-I-T-T.com forward slash quiz. You can take the quiz and you can see, are you really loving yourself? Are you in that state of being in alignment and feeling worthy and opening up to receive? Because really your worthiness quotient is how open are you to receiving love, nurturing, support, guidance from the universe, simply for who you were created to be. If you are performing your worthiness quotient is going to be lower. If you are living in your truth and you are honoring and loving the way you were created, your worthiness quotient is going to be higher. So it gives you um, a real clear picture because we've broken it down into different sections of where your worthiness quotient sits overall and in each area. And then I give you some tips and tools. Uh, then we that will guide you into my webinar, which is really goes into my story and taking you deeper. And then that'll take you into the course. If you're saying, Terry, I just want to jump into the course right now. Um, you can go to terrybrit.com forward slash worthy. And because you guys have listened today, you can input in the coupon code. Um, um, what is it? It's crown. The coupon code is crown. Of and you can, <laughs> of course it is. And you get um, $50 off. It's very, it's inexpensively um, done. And then also too, Mark, and I really appreciate you asking this. If you are a woman and you're listening to this and you, and you say, I want to know more about the women leaders of love. You can just go to terrybrit.com forward slash leaders. You'll get my ebook, the women leaders of love ebook. And there's three guided meditations in it to really help you get clear on why it's so important for you to love yourself. And then in that, all those things I just told you about the quiz, the webinar and the, the, the uh, program, all those links are in there. So if you want to go that way, that's the easy way to go. That's awesome. Well, I just want to, 
I'm going to go, first of all, one, I'll make up a name. I'm going to go take the quiz just for my own self. Just Oh, come on, put your real name in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Marquina or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll think of something creative, but I want to take the quiz because I want to see where I end up on that because this yeah. is, I believe, the key. And I just want to thank you for your dedication, for your authenticity, for shining your light, and really setting this example that can help so many people lift their life to new heights. And it's been an honor having you on today, have an opportunity to connect with you, especially with our history and how long we've known each other and seeing the evolution uh, has been phenomenal. So thank you so very much for sharing. And once again, go to terrybrit.com to get all the good, easy information, terrybrit.com forward slash quiz, right? It's the quiz. And then terrybrit.com forward slash leaders. If you want to get the ebook. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Hey, thank you so very much. And uh, everybody tuning in and um, look forward to connecting with you soon. Take care.